The industry makes money when you're sick and makes money when you're insecure. And that's bras in a nutshell. So we have to just get rid of the insecurity, take control over our lives, take control over your body and your sexuality and your breasts, which are such an important part of who you are. You own them. Nobody else does. And when you take that ownership, women have told me it's changed their lives in many ways. It's such a symbolic thing. When you free your breasts, you free a lot. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. This show is all about helping you to be more healthy and fit in mind, body, and spirit, as well as to tap into your intuition, your true source of power, and awaken your authentic self. Ladies, what is the first thing you do when you get home after being out all day or a long day at work or just a long day in general? You probably take off your shoes and take off your bra, right? That's if you have one on. Well, my guest today talks about how bras are actually the cause of breast cancer. If not the cause, then definitely one of the top causes. In fact, he says that bras should actually come with a warning label, just like cigarettes. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, this might be one of the most important episodes that I've done to date in the history of this show. Get ready for some mind-blowing statistics, research, and facts. And you know what? At the end of the day, what everybody else says doesn't mean a hill of beans. What matters is what you apply to your life and you tapping into your body, your heart, your soul, and the truth of what's working for you. And you will be the best proof of if something's true or not. Today's show is so important because we're going to talk about the link between bras and breast cancer. My guest is Sydney Ross Singer. Sydney is very in, unique in his position in the world. He's a medical anthropologist. He's also a researcher and an author. After receiving his graduate training in biochemistry and being awarded his master's degree in anthropology in 1981 from Duke University, Sydney decided to pursue a career in the new and emerging field of medical anthropology. To better understand how culture and environment affects human health, he then went on to complete three years of medical school at the University of Texas to become one of the first medically trained anthropologists in the United States. In 1994, Sydney founded and currently serves as co-director of the Institute for the Study of Cultural Genic Disease with his wife and co-researcher, Somya Grismar. This pioneering organization is dedicated to discovering the culture-based causes of disease using an integrated approach from the fields of biochemistry, anthropology, medical humanities, and medicine. Sydney has made numerous medical discoveries into the cultural causes of various common diseases. And if you're interested in this, this kind of thing, you definitely want to check out my episode with the one and only Dr. Mario Martinez, that's number 80, 
because we get into his pioneering research, studying culture and longevity in our mindset and the concept of aging and what's normal and what's not normal. So Sydney's predominant book is called Dress to Kill, the second edition, the link between breast cancer and bras. And uh, yeah, it's going to blow your socks off. And like I said, this is one of the most important episodes of this show to date. So please have a listen to the end and please share it with women you love, anybody in your life. And better yet, get the book and check out Sydney's uh, website. Also, stay tuned for part two of my interview with Sydney because He's a medical anthropologist, and he doesn't study just about bras and breast cancer link, but also about the thyroid, the influence of the voice in the thyroid, some digestive disorders, and lots of different things that we can put together the way we're living, our lifestyle, and how it might be causing pain, dysfunction, ill health, and uh, unhappiness in our bodies. Wouldn't that be great if it's just something we're doing in our lives unknowingly that are causing us problems? right? Hey, I don't know. That's a lot better than blaming your genetics or your parents, right? So in this episode, we talk about breasts. Yay, yay, yay. Breasts and bras, the origin of bras, how they came to be and what their purpose is. And also about the breasts and do they need bras? Is that a fallacy? Is it a myth? What's going on? Sydney's contention is that breasts and breast cysts and breast pain, as well as cancer and edema, which is swelling of the breasts, you know, the breasts getting heavy and clogged are all caused by bras. And basically the long and short of it is, is that bras restrict the lymphatic flow, the very important lymphatic system of our bodies, which is absolutely critical to detoxify the body. If you're not taking out the trash, you're going to have toxic buildup and that's cancer, pathogens, disease, illness, premature aging. I mean, pick your problem. You know, we have to have lymphatic drainage. So we get into the lymphatic system because most of us don't know about it. We know about the muscles. We might know a little bit about the bones, probably something about your digestion. And we're hearing a lot about our immune systems lately, but What about the lymphatic system? You wouldn't last very long without it running properly. So it's going to be in our interest to learn a little bit about that system. So it's critical role and what's going on with bras and why they're screwing it up. We talk about the full body effects of the bra because the bra affects not just the breasts, but all parts of the body, like your digestion, menstruation, your sleep cycles, the way you're breathing and more and more and more. It has full body effects. Then I give testimony to my bra-free experience when I first started going bra-free and I really give it to you straight, like I always do, (laughs) about what happened to me when I first started not wearing a bra in public. It's one thing not to wear a bra in your house, right? But it's another thing to go out in the street and walk around or God forbid, jog, (laughs) right? So I talk about that and uh, I hope that helps you because, uh, Obviously, what I'm getting at with this show is 
lose the bra, ladies. First of all, you don't need it. It's a total myth that bras are important. And if you're worried about sagging, forget it because it's actually the opposite. Sydney and I talk about the psychological effects of going bra-free and needing a bra and feeling self-conscious without a bra culturally and how we can overcome that. Don't worry. we got your back. We give you tips on that. And if you're not ready to fully go au commando, then we give you little baby steps to at least starting to reduce your wearing of a bra or minimize your wearing of a bra or other things you can wear instead of a bra so you don't harm your health and increase your risk of breast cancer. Okay. So get ready for a powerful, important episode. And I'm super grateful you're with me today. Thank you ahead of time for sharing it, for liking the show, for leaving me a review and just being with me on this journey. And let's now join Sydney Ross Singer. And welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. Today, my guest is medical anthropologist, Sydney Ross Singer. Sydney, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amy. It's so great to be with you. All right. I can't wait to get into this work that you have contributed to the world. Like I said in the introduction, ladies and gentlemen, this could be one of the most important shows of Awakening Aphrodite, particularly if you're a woman or if you love any women in your life. So that's pretty much everybody, right? Wow. I have to open with from the forward of your amazing book, which I referenced, Dress to Kill, the link between breast cancer and bras. The gentleman who wrote your foreword says, in no other sector is resistance to new ideas and pressure to conform to the status quo greater than they are in medicine. So I think that's an appropriate place to start, mm-hmm. Sid, because, um, wow, you're going unconventional here against the grain and talking about a very strong correlation between wearing tight clothing, bras in particular, and breast cancer. So why don't we start with that whole idea of the pushback from the medical community? Because I know the first thing people are going to say is, if it was true, why don't I already know about it? <laughs> Well, you know, that was the first thing we wondered ourselves, my wife and I, um, when we first, we came into this whole issue uh, through a personal experience. Um, I had just left the field of medicine um, because I didn't like how um, medicine was ignoring the cause of disease. It was basically, and this is in the late 1980s when I was at University of Texas Medical Branch at Galveston. And I was also in the PhD program in medical humanities so I was seeing medicine from multiple sides and um, it was really clear that medicine was about conf- trying to identify what di- what drugs or surgery to give for a particular condition. It's, that's why AI could probably do it. Artificial intelligence just feed it a certain set of, of uh, symptoms and it'll pop out a diagnosis and a pill. And that's basically what doctors do. And when I was in medical school, I was uh, thinking there's a lot more to health than just that. And I slowly became progressively alienated from medicine. And uh, one of the things that was most distressing to me, and it still is to this day, and I've actually spent my life working on it, and which is connected to bras and breast cancer, interestingly, is the way medicine uses animals in medical research. Uh, And it breaks my heart to think of how many more have been used now with the vaccines, but, uh, you know, there are hundreds of millions of animals every year that are 
you know, killed, tortured in medicine to simulate human problems and so forth. And I didn't want to be part of that. I don't think a healing profession can do that. So I, I had been a biochemist uh, at Duke University before that, where I was exposed to animal research and I realized how cruel it was. And uh, in medical school, I refused to participate in these meaningless uh, exercises they gave students, which were really a rite of passage to learn how to begin imposing yourself on another creature, person. You start off by doing it on a dog and, and oh ultimately they, they're, they're killed ultimately. And uh, it's, mm. it's not a very healing type of an experience. It's, it's more of a, of a, of a um, initiation, a blood initiation into medicine. And after that, you work on patients. Um, I started having problems with medicine with that. And I realized it's conflicts of interest. It was all about prescribing drugs, finding out, uh, as opposed to finding the cause of disease. So I, I was an anthropologist by training originally. Uh, I have a lot of eclectic background in anthropology, biochemistry, medicine, and medical humanities. And I've been in three PhD programs and in medical school. I never fit in any of them. I'm, 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 a, I'm just a, a strange square peg. Well, maybe I'm a round peg in a square world. Either way, it doesn't fit. So I developed medical applied medical anthropology. I pioneered a way of figuring, okay, if we're making ourselves sick by our lifestyles, then the best way to deal with disease is to try to find out the lifestyle cause. And if you remove that cause, your body should get better. And we, medicine never asks about the lifestyle cause. They don't ask about causes, they treat the symptoms. So um, why wouldn't information, you originally asked, why wouldn't information be out there if it was obviously true? Well, once you start understanding that medicine is a business, they only make money when you're sick. They don't make money when you're well. They have no real interest in prevention. In fact, to medicine, prevention is giving you something like a drug to prevent or a surgery to prevent. You could prevent breast cancer by removing your breasts, which isn't true, by the way. You can still get breast cancer. But that's the way medicine, that's a preventative mastectomy. Or they'll give you tamoxifen as a preventative drug. To them, prevention is treatment because that's how they're paid. And, you know, they don't want you to have the answer to just take care of yourself by eliminating the cultural causes of disease. So I call that culturogenic disease. That means culture caused. And I started an institute for the study of culturogenic disease. And our goal is to identify how the culture is making us sick. And it does it in so many ways. The obvious ones are smoking and drinking and stress. We all know about that. And yet, if you notice, the, the culture makes money off of all of them. I mean, drinking, the government is making tax money on it. It doesn't want to get rid of alcohol, even though it's probably one of the number one killers. It, and then, you know, smoking, it's taxed. So as soon as these things are enculturated in, in, to the point where they're part of the system, alcohol, tobacco, part of the system. In fact, when the tobacco cancer link was discovered back in the 1930s and 40s, it was suppressed by the tobacco industry, which influenced the medical industry. All these doctors were smoking, everybody was smoking. So if your culture has a, a, a behavior that it teaches or attitudes that cause disease, like making people think that smoking and drinking are fine, even though it caught, they know it causes, right? But they, it's okay. So they'll suppress and go into denial and all sorts of things 
to not have to deal with what they're conditioned to do by the culture. So the culture gets in the way of health when it gives us unhealthy lifestyle practices to, to, to do. And we have many of them. And we'll be talking today about bras, which is the effect of tight clothing on your body, which is again, utilized by medicine in some ways, but ignored as a problem because it's too big an industry to fight. And too many doctors wear bras or their wives wear bras. So it becomes like I'm embarrassed not, and it becomes a sexual breast fetish issue on top of a medical issue and you can't talk about it. So that's why these things haven't been out. It's because when I've discovered over 30 years of dealing with this, that when a doctor says something about this, they get canceled. You think cancel culture is new? It's not new. Cancel culture exists when you say anything that goes against the, the paradigm and the economic interests of our time. And they will cancel you. It's not making anybody money and it could lose them money. And that's what makes the world go around, not truth. So I've been struggling for 30 years to get truth out about different things that we've discovered that are obvious lifestyle caused diseases or culturogenic diseases. And the way to test them is not with animals. It's not to come up with new drugs or surgery. It's to trust the fact that your body has, through the wisdom of nature and evolution and God or however you conceive it, it has a huge ability to heal itself and to re replicate itself. I mean, we're amazing machines on that level. And if we stop getting in the way and stop shooting ourselves in the foot by stupid, destructive lifestyles, which are often simply motivated by greedy people trying to capitalize on our weaknesses as people and our ignorance, if we can get rid of those, your body will heal. So what we do is we do self-studies with people. We tell them, try this and see if you feel better. And that's what happened with the whole bra issue. And it has basically miraculously transformed the entire world approach towards lingerie and understanding of breast cancer. Although to this day, it's still being resisted because of the entrenched cultural attitudes and norms and institutions and medical investment in not having this answer and so forth and so on. There's a lot of them we could talk about, but the good news is you don't need to listen to any authority. When it comes to your body, you know what's going on. So if you try something in a self-study, you're the expert to know if you feel better. You don't need a double-blind placebo-controlled study. You just need to do it yourself. You take off your bra and you'll know if you feel better that your bra was harming you. It's as simple as that. You can't do it on dogs or on rats or on monkeys or on anybody else because they don't wear bras. They don't do the things we do. They don't smoke cigarettes. They don't live stressful lives. They don't get messed up the way we do and do all the bad things. We wear tight clothing and live in an artificial chemical world with all the, actually our pets do and they're sick. But wildlife doesn't do that if they can help it. And when, when, uh, if we would return to the state that we biologically were meant to live by removing these artificial cultural uh, traps, you heal and it's miraculous and it's quick. And we've discovered many of them. The brown breast cancer one is the most dramatic, the sexiest, the most titillating. But it, at the same time, it illustrates the power of the approach of applied medical anthropology, which I think people should go to anthropologists before you go to your doctor. Your anthropologist can look at your life and tell you what you're doing that you're blind to because we're so used, to, you know, we're, 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 we are, um, we're blinded to our own ignorance. And, uh, you know, so it, it helps to have some, somebody, a spouse or a friend sometimes to even give you insights into the things you're doing that are like, you never thought you're doing it, but wow, yeah, you're right. That's what's causing that problem. 
Well, I think as as a person living in the world today, there's so much of our automatic behavior that we don't even realize doesn't even come from ourselves. It's programmed by the culture, good That's or right. bad. I mean, you know, we all don't want to go to the bathroom in our shorts, you know, while we're sitting here, we all want to be potty trained, you know, like, so it's not like that's all bad. It's just that so much of what we think is indoctrinated and we're not even aware of it. I'm sorry, you mentioned potty training, you know, to show you what you're saying, how that's a problem. Okay. I wrote about that in my book, Get It Out. Because of potty training, which is a function of your culture. I, living in Hawaii, I, we raised our child in Hawaii. I was like from New York City. So it's not like I was raised, born in Hawaii. But I deliberately moved here in my 30s and we homeschooled and raised our son here. Now, when you're in the jungles of Hawaii off the grid and your kid has to go pee or poop, he just does it. You know, go out. Oh, there yes. Don't poop. misunderstand. I'm not advocating holding it. This is that's been but a that's big what, problem. But that's no. what happens. Yeah. But, right. but no. that shows yeah. you the mm -hmm. cultural trap yes. that's implicit in yes. in something else that holds you in your waist. So we start yeah. feeling virtuous that we can hold it in. And then you get diseases yeah, no. associated with that. Yeah. That's not that's, not ever a good idea. Please a, don't think I was implying that. I just was no, trying just, to give an example of how yeah. not all of culture is bad, but for sure, I mean, you never want to ignore any body urges, whether it be a sneeze, a hiccup, a fart, a burp, anything. You you know, exactly. you want to honor the body's wisdom for sure. Yes, yes. Um, but I love the whole medical anthropology thing, Sid, because in a way, I'm a lifestyle expert. That's what I've been for 30 years. And I love the marriage of the medical anthropology, even though I don't have the medical mm -hmm. aspect of it, but the anthropology aspect of it, because mm -hmm. we can't take, you know, I think it was in your book that said Petri dishes don't wear bras. You know, we can't, <laughs> we can't take ourselves, the subject out of the environment. The environment yes. is the whole deal. You know, that's mm -hmm. the whole kit and caboodle. So Thank goodness there's a lot of brave pioneers like you and your wife and many others that in spite of personal attacks, vicious attacks professionally and personally, defaming mm -hmm. your character, your work, everything, your background, just outright lies, even about your, your uh, degrees and whatnot, uh, you are persevering because I think what you were saying is basically what I say all the time to my audience is that you know, at the end of the day, you can't argue with results. I mean, if, if some guy named Sid in Hawaii says, get rid of your bra and you'll reduce your risk of breast cancer to that level of a man mm -hmm. and you try it. And I remember you and I'd like you to tell us, I mean, if you try it, like you got to probably give it a good few weeks or so. And if you're feeling better and I want to give it personal testimony to my experience, um, then you can't argue with that. I mean, how do you, mm -hmm. and, and so what? And you know what? People might say, well, it's all in your mind. So what? It worked. Who cares if it was placebo? I mean, does that even matter? Well, you know, actually, there is a causal link here in the beginning. Yeah, people would say, oh, it might, it might just be correlation. Maybe it's mm -hmm. correlation. Because uh, the audience doesn't know that we actually did a study on this and uh, we interviewed women across America. This is in 19, between 1991 and 93. And we had about 5,000 women in the group and half of them had had breast cancer. And we asked them about their bra wearing habits. The thing is, we um, we didn't realize that back in the 1930s, they already knew bras were causing breast cancer. Yes. That information has sort of been forgotten and the internet made it more available. I didn't know about it until I researched for my updated edition of Dress to Kill. First, we came out with our results of our own study in 1995 because nobody else wanted to, nobody wanted to hear us. We, we approached all these organizations, national groups on cancer and women's groups, everything now, National Organization for Women, American Cancer Society, 
and um, nobody wanted, they didn't even respond. As soon as you say, in the 1990s, if you said bras and breast cancer, just mentioning the word bra made people blush and they didn't even want to talk about it. I was told by researchers that even mentioning the subject, uh, an NIH researcher contacted me, I think I wrote this in my book, that, um, and he said he was intrigued by the theory and he was thinking of how they can actually apply a bra to a cow. Uh, because they have to study it in animals, of course. Uh, but he said, he, he was retired from NIH, and he said when he raised the subject to his female colleague, she thought he was a pervert. He felt like, he felt embarrassed to see, because she, first thing women would think if you're saying bras aren't good, they think, oh, you just want to see me with my bra off. You want to see my breasts. So it became difficult to, even if you were a scientist or a doctor, if you were to say to a woman, don't wear a bra, they went into immediate lockdown denial and self-esteem crisis and were triggered. Half of them didn't. Half of them said, you know, if bras can cause breast cancer, I'm getting rid of my bra now. And that's how we found out that bras are causing a lot more than breast cancer. They cause breast cysts, breast pain. They cause numbness and tingling. This has already been known, by the way. The, you know the grooves that some women get in their shoulders from the bra? The indentations Those, from the weight the of the, yeah, in the bra. Especially mm -hmm. large-breasted women. That pressure actually permanently deforms their shoulders and it impresses on the, compresses the nerve going down the arm and causes the hands to get tingly and numb. And that's already been noted in research. They know it causes headaches, it causes backaches, and it also causes the breast to droop more because you have artificial support from the bra. It's like wearing your arm in a sling. And what happens is your arm would become dependent on the sling. The ligaments would weaken and you would feel when you took the sling off, like, oh my God, I need this sling to keep my arm up. Well, women have been wearing a bra since puberty when they get one. And then by the time they're 30, 40, their breasts are so conditioned to this artificial support that the natural suspensory ligaments inside the breast atrophy and weaken and their breasts get flabbier. And then they, they think, oh my God, I need this bra to keep my breasts up. And it's been causing the problem. Plus they're not only flabbier, and this is the other point I wanted to make. This is the most important point about the bra or any tight clothing. It interferes with your lymphatic system. Yeah. Now that has been a black box to medicine. In fact, they just discovered the brain has a lymphatic system, just discovered it in, 2000 something after how many years of modern medicine they finally figured out anatomy of the brain so they're that far behind in understanding the lymphatic system and when it comes to the body and when i was in med school they gloss over it because the lymphatics are microscopic vessels like capillaries that drain passively drain the fluids of our bodies and the fluid is lymph fluid like if you have a blister it's that fluid and that fluid is what really bathes all of your cells it's just a little, just a medical history, a medical background to understand why bras are a cause, not a correlation. If, if these lymphatic vessels, which begin in, in the tissue space in your breast, and the breasts have a lot of lymphatics because they're meant to make milk, and that requires a lot of circulation, a lot of blood, a lot of fluid, and a lot of drainage needed for that fluid because most of the blood, the, the, when the blood provides nutrients to the cells, it oozes, the nutrients and fluid oozes out of the capillaries into these tissue spaces and becomes this lymph fluid. And then there's metabolic waste products that are eliminated by the cells into this fluid. The oxygen and nutrients are absorbed. And then this fluid mostly flushes through these lymphatic vessels that begin and coalesce slowly 
and then go to lymph nodes, which are for the breast, mostly in the armpit. And that 85%, fluid, right? Yes. And that mm -hmm. fluid contains waste products, bacteria, if you had an infection, any virus, any cancer cells or markers from cancer cells, chemical markers that then get detected by white blood cells in your lymph nodes, which are white blood cell factories and detectors, filters to detect any problem in the tissue that it's been draining towards it because they drain specific body parts to specific lymph node areas. They then mount an immune response if necessary. And eventually this lymph fluid returns to your, your blood and into your heart area and it's back in your bloodstream. So we really have two circulatory systems. We have a blood circulatory system, which, which travels the blood about, and then the lymphatic system, which helps drain and flush your entire fluids in your tissues. Mm -hmm. If you constrict your body with any tight clothing, anything that leaves a mark on your skin, it is going to immediately interfere with the lymphatic drainage first because that has no internal pressure. In fact, what makes it move is body movement, muscles underneath and breathing, and breathing. Mm -hmm. passive. It's a passive system. The heart has a blood pressure from the heart. This is passive. So the first thing, if you wear an elastic band around any part of your body, your wrist, your waist, breast, anywhere, the first thing that it's going to do is cut down on the skin lymphatics at the surface. The blood will still get through on low pressure, but, but it will slightly be compressed. I mean, like a blood pressure cuff actually works by squeezing on the blood until the point where it actually stops the blood from flowing. And then it slowly lets the blood through. And that's where you hear the wishing sound in a blood pressure cuff. But it, it, any compression shuts down circulation. And if you don't circulate, you deteriorate. You have to circulate. So if the lymphatics don't circulate, all that tissue like let's take the breasts. You're wearing a bra. Look at the lines the bra makes around your breasts. It's basically cutting the breast tissue off from the lymph nodes in the armpits. It's like a line from your shoulders around the side of your breast, sometimes actually into the breast tissue. And then around, and if it's an underwire bra, it's even worse. Any push-up thing, any anything leaning into and pressing and compressing the tissue is going to certainly cause impairment of lymphatic drainage. Not That'll cause some discomfort eventually cysts will form as the fluid that's backed up your breasts are swelling they're getting edema if it's really cinched down you won't be able to take that for long and it'll affect the blood supply too but what about mild every day 12 or more hours of day of cinching your breasts of, of not cinching but compressing and slightly constricting your breasts enough to leave marks when you take your bra off every day for eight or more hours. Some women never take them off 24 seven. They think that it's keeping their breasts firm and perky. That's what the bra industry told them. And medicine hasn't, hasn't um, contradicted the bra industry on that because they get paid to say things. Doctors are get paid for, to say things. So it became like established as without any real science, uh, that bras, if you have breast pain, wear a well-fitted bra without thinking, get rid of the bra you wear. And well-fitted actually might help because the one woman, 90% of women are wearing bras too tight. The bra industry says that. And how can you not wear a bra too tight when its purpose is to reshape the breasts? It has to apply pressure to do that. If it's applying pressure, it's too tight. So it's entirely, it's a too tight garment. It's made to be tight and therefore, it interferes with circulation. And if the lymphatics can't work, your immune system isn't working. Lymph, uh, cancer cells can't be flushed out. Tissue markers of cancer cells, because cancer cells release chemical markers that allow white blood cells to find it. 
if this tissue is congested in its own waste products and fluid from bad circulation, these markers aren't going to get identified. And white blood cells aren't going to be able to fight any of these things because the tissue is like congested and and just um, it's just sitting and slowly deteriorating. So eventually, a lot of the things we take into our body, by the way, are carcinogens. A lot of in our food and our water and our pollution that were the chemical, petrochemical world, the plastics, all of that has to flush out of our body. And if we get rid of it, our liver, kidneys, and intestines can usually just get rid of that stuff. But when we take in, and, and clean chemicals, by the way, from like drugs, a lot of drugs, can, if they're you need certain concentrations, you don't want them to get too concentrated. So if you, let's say you now take the breasts, you're wearing a bra, you're eating these chemicals. They course throughout your whole body, but in the breasts, your lymph, no, your lymph is being backed up. So it's these chemicals are being delivered by the bloodstream, but they can't be properly flushed out by the lymphatics because the lymphatics are impaired and sluggish. So the result is an accumulation of these toxins in the breast tissue more than other tissues that aren't constricted. So the result is that that's why breasts are the site of so much cancer versus other parts of the body. And these were the cues and clues that we were working on beginning in our studies. Since we came out with our research, which was astounding, this is the bottom line that we found. Women and men should have about the same rate of breast cancer if it wasn't for bras. Because men have breasts too. And any genetic aspects would be, right? A man could would share. So we would have comparable rates of breast cancer if there weren't bras. But the tighter and longer you wear a bra, the higher your rates go up. It's a function of tightness and time. So if you, um, when you wear it 24 seven, that's the ob obvious other extreme, and you're over a hundred times higher rate of breast cancer than a bra-free woman. And we did our study looking at rates from like less than 12 hours or 12, more than 12 hours, but not to sleep or to sleep or no bra. And that's important because no bra was the control group. There was one study done by the medical industry years later after our stuff came out, they were so upset because women were getting rid of their bras, feeling better because immediately when the pressure is gone, this is the reason I'm mentioning this long story is because you were saying, how long does it take to feel the effects? You will feel them relatively quickly. I've known some women who were lymphatics expert, massage experts at the National Lymphedema Network. 30 years ago, I met this woman there who totally agreed with me, but she, she took off her bra for the weekend. She had fibrocystic breast disease. Her cysts went away over the weekend Literally, the cysts are just a backed up fluid that once you take the pressure off, it could drain. She put it back on on Monday because she's a massage therapist and was afraid it's not professional to not wear a bra. So then her lymph, her, her stuff came back, her, her pain, her cysts, she's convinced, but the appearance. So it became a professional, like that's where the culture has made it hard for women. But we should talk about that too, because now with, with COVID, that was a blessing in disguise because women were able to be bra free at home and not have to say, well, at work, I can't. They were getting comfortable and they don't want to put it back on. So now the bra is being ditched. It's culturally acceptable not to be, wear a bra. It's culturally promoted not to wear a bra. Celebrities are doing it like crazy. The introduction you gave to my book that you read was from Dr. Sadegi, who is Gwyneth Paltrow's doctor. And he was totally into this, wrote an article for Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, Goop magazine. And he was saying, this is important and women should look at this. And, yeah, and because he got massacred for it. Yes. So mm -hmm. that's why I asked him to write my forward. And because mm -hmm. I found out about that and he agreed. But if Gwyneth Paltrow knows this, all the celebs know this. All yep. That's why they're not wearing bras. 
and they don't want to get there, you know, but you can't say breast cancer because the cancer industry is so sensitive because I want you to understand the impact of this. This is another cultural problem. If it's admitted that bras are causing breast cancer, then every study that didn't look at bras as a factor is flawed. It's like studying smoking. It's like studying lung cancer and not asking whether you smoke or not yes. and looking at everything else. If you study breast cancer yes. or any breast disease and you don't ask if you're if they're wearing a bra, how tight is it? You can look at them and you can see, oh my God, you're wearing a bra that's like three sizes too small by industry standards. And even industry standards are tight because the bra is meant to change your shape. So you have to, you know, all of those things people take, they don't think about, it. they take it so for granted. Women take the pain for granted. So mm -hmm. um, the good news is they don't have to anymore. And we're even, so anyway, I should stop because this is after 30 years, this is the problem. I can go on and on with this is related to this and this is what happened. So I got to give you, I really want to know what you think because you went bra free. You are brave to do that as a woman in today's world. You're an attractive woman. You probably are worried about men oogling you or commenting or if it didn't look professional or appropriate. How did you deal with that? Okay, I'm going to answer that, but there is so much that you just said, and you just hit on a lot of points that I was going to bring up. So we will have to circle back to clarify for not only me, but probably the audience as well, because you just dumped a load of gold on us. And I just want to reiterate your point of how it's a great analogy for people to understand. First of all, the if I'm not mistaken, the rate of breast cancer is going up, but and that might be due to detection abilities and all on machines, that's fine but it's a relative rate as opposed to an absolute rate. And also, despite 90 years of research in why, what is causing breast cancer, we, we, the industry still has no further idea of what it is. So to your point, Sid, obviously we are missing some major factors and or, and it's probably and, there are powers that be that don't want information out there for whatever it may be. Maybe it's, you know. Class action ulterior, lawsuits. Yeah, ulterior motives, that's, that's greed, or lack of integrity, <laughs> lack of morals, lack of caring about people, who knows? But why is it? I mean, people can just ask themselves, we've been researching this millions of dollars. Think of all the cancer runs and donations and people that have suffered and died in medical industries and everything and tests and expensive equipment and money spent that could Billions. have been spent on, right, on other things. We still have no idea, supposedly, what causes it. So obviously we're missing something. So I love your analogy that studying breast cancer without asking people the usage of their bra or bra use is like studying lung cancer without asking, did you smoke? Or maybe going to the scene of a car accident at night on a Saturday and not asking, were you drinking? You know, it's mm -hmm. just, you're missing a major probable yes. factor that's relevant. So no wonder why we don't have an answer. So number one, uh, also I want to reiterate for people from what I studied from you, Sid, the issues are talking about restriction and compression. And the bottom line for folks is what you said. It's about the lymphatic system. And the lymphatic system is one that we don't hear a lot about. We talk about muscles. We talk about circulation. You know, we talk about your immune system now and, you know, the age of post-COVID crazy. You know, everyone's hearing immune system. But the, lymph the lymphatic system, like you said, is passive. It can't move by itself. That's why exercise can be so good because it's movement. 
gets the lymphs moving as well as circulation and breathing, which is why movement and breathing are critical for a healthy lifestyle because it yes. moves your lymph. And the lymphatic system, correct me if I'm wrong, Sid, is basically the circulatory system of the immune system. Is that right? Yeah. So this is all critical. So I'm just trying to underscore all those gorgeous points that you made for the audience because sometimes, you know, repetition, maybe hearing it a different way helps it sink in. I know it does for me. Um, and I hope people go back and listen again to everything you just said, because it, that's what it comes down to folks. It's, it's not about, oh, bras, no bras. And we're definitely going to talk about the psychological social impact in my experience. But at the end of the day, what your research has shown is that it's the compression, that literal physical pressing on the areas of the body that need to move and have free flowing ability to expand and contract so they can get rid of waste and otherwise, in other words, detoxify, as well as bring in new nutrients. You're spending all this money on a new organic, nutritious diet. You're taking all the time, effort, and expense to mm -hmm. eat well, and your body might not be getting the nutrition because the cells are congested or the cells are yes. sequestered. You know, like you said, the underwire basically puts the breast in a separated container from the rest of the body. No wonder yes. why it's dying. <laughs> yes, you know? exactly. So, yeah. So um, those are important points. And signs that your bra might be causing a problem, and this was me, you mentioned it. Uh, thoracic outlet syndrome is the official name. It's uh, You have blood restrictions, musculoskeletal problems, tight neck, tight shoulders, chronic tight chest, breathing problems. You can't fully expand your intercostals, yes. which are the, the muscles between your ribs, which are meant to move. People need to be reminded ribs have cartilage. They're not fixed. They're, 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 they move. They expand when you breathe in and they contract when you breathe out. That, so if that can't happen due to a tight band around your rib cage, we've got a major issue. The breathing doesn't work right. The oxygen goes down. Hello, tiredness. Okay. When you have a lack of oxygen, you yes. get tired. Yes. You're going to drink more Red Bull and coffee. Your body's <laughs> going to be more acidic. That acidic based is a ground for cancer right there, having increased acidity. You have postural problems with a bra. Okay. Because again, if depending the, the heavier, the weight of the breasts, the more the carriage on the shoulders because of the strap. So that you got forward head posture for every yes. pound, every uh, inch the head goes forward, that's a pound more weight on your upper neck. You're wondering why your neck is so damn tight and you can't turn and look behind you when you're trying to back up your car. Okay. <laughs> Chronic fatigue, swollen fingers, uh, pins and needles, numbness down your arms and hands. Like I said, neck pain, shoulder restrictions, breathing problems, increased acidity. These are all symptoms of maybe your bra is not a good idea. Not to mention the breast cancer pro probability. Well, that's the thing, because breast cancer might take years to see, but these other things you can immediately see. But you know what, we, you what was so revealing? Mm -hmm. We started when, when our new edition with all the updates, because there's been now dozens of studies worldwide supporting the Brown Breast Cancer Link and yeah. showing. But They've they're not corroborated the, your work. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's coming, yeah. though, from like China and, uh, and um, Japan, uh, Southeast Asia, Korea. They are really into clothing and ergonomic clothing, and they have no, cool. they weren't bra wearing cultures originally. That's a Western thing. So they're mm -hmm. much more open to looking at how the bra, which is a Western garment that they've adopted, but they're now having epidemic rates of breast cancer since they've adopted them. You know, wherever the bra goes, that was the first thing we ever found. We looked at if you look at where breast cancer is a problem and where it isn't, 
in bra-free cultures, there's no breast cancer. It's really a bra thing, um, a bra-wearing uh, cultural phenomenon when we get breast disease like to the degree that we have right now. Um, so, um, uh, so what we did was we started a study called the International Bra-Free Study. We started that in 2018 when, when the new edition came out of Dress to Kill. And what, it's a free study online at brafreestudy.org. And what we do is we have women just do an, their own self-study. Get rid of your bra and let us know what, you, what you've experienced. And th- what we've discovered, I've, I've published a preliminary finding on this. It, everything that you said, including though, uh, well, every woman, by the way, every single one who stops wearing a bra says I could breathe easier. Yes. So talk about the expansion of the ribs. That is for sure every woman. They also say, some of them said their menstruation changed. And there's studies out of Japan that looked at hormonal and um, nervous, the sympathetic nervous system impacts of wearing bras and other tight clothing. And they found that just the tight clothing itself causes a whole bunch of hormonal and neurologic responses. And they affected women's menstruation, digestion, body, core body temperature, melatonin in the saliva, all of these things were affected by bra usage in a negative way. So it, it slowed down digestion. Women were more constipated with a bra. Uh, they also get higher blood pressure with bras. If you think about you can't expand your lungs, I think what happens is psychologically in a way, if you have something tight on your body, you know it, even yeah. if you're not paying attention. You subconsciously are uncomfortable and it is causing a problem. Anything tight is eventually going to cause a problem. So your body is saying this is uncomfortable, but your mind is saying it's fine. And uh, that's why women don't hear the call, but they need to. And when they do and get rid of the bra, all of these things. And the last thing to say about that I remembered uh, from that's the results, your preliminary results is self-esteem improvement. We, you know, their, their sense of their bodies changed. Women have learned to treat their breasts as not part of themselves. They've become so objectified that women no longer feel connected to them. And they feel that the appearance of their breasts is what counts. That means that the viewer is is who you're, you're catering to. So your breasts become like the object of some viewer. And it becomes important for you to look a certain way to be acceptable by this cultural norm. And... Um, I think by women giving rid of the bra, they were able to liberate themselves from that feeling that their identity had to be tied to that. They realized that people didn't notice, nobody cared, nobody heckled them. And and wearing a bra doesn't prevent that either and sometimes makes an issue out of breasts that otherwise aren't being made an issue out of. I think push-up breasts are more provocative than bra-free breasts because a push-up breast is saying, look at these. And a bra-free is like, this is how I'm made. And, you know... Mm -hmm to create the cleavage, but that's a sexual message too. And that's Mm -hmm. fetishizing the breast. You know, we have a breast fetish that we're dealing with on top of that. That's what causes any fetish is going to cause disease because you can't deal with it honestly. And people have all, they can't talk about it honestly. So fetishes, look for fetishes. You'll see disease, any organ we can't deal with comfortably. Interesting. Well, and I'll just uh, reiterate that big part of my show, Awakening Aphrodite, is about really getting in touch with your feeling self, your feeling body. Yes. Um, because we are such a uh, logical, rational, uh, linear, left brain culture. 
And rationalizing. We're yes. not rational. We're rationalizing. Thank you. That's very true, Sid. Very true. I stand corrected. <laughs> I love it. You're right. But, but but where I was going with that is to share with yeah. people that I'm, you know, I'm the first to be guilty that we, we don't feel our body. You know, we're living in our head. And again, yeah. that's why I named our show Awakening Aphrodite. Let's get back into the whole of what we are, not just living in our head, but our body. And that requires, like you said, dropping down and feeling, is my body physically comfortable? I think we just, we just disconnect. We don't even realize, oh, wow, you know, these pants are too tight. Like they don't feel good, you know, or these shoes hurt my feet. Like why would a bra be any different? We just don't, we're physically not feeling as much as we should be. We're not sensitive to our bodies. That's right. And we're encouraged not to be. And if we are, we're punished because yeah. you're ostracized if it's if it's something like you're bra free in a place where they don't want it but you know that's the past i'm i can't tell you how excited i am that bra freedom is now happening it, it's too bad they're not admitting the cancer link you know yeah. what i think has happened i think the people who like meet at davos or wherever that that decide what's going to go on uh the the people behind the scenes that are calling the agenda for the world order I think that they get the bra issue and I think they know they're not going to get the medical industry to admit that they for the last 30 years have been trying to shut up a message that could have saved millions of women and not only from breast cancer but if if 90% of women are wearing the wrong size bra and it's making them uncomfortable and we have all this breast pain and fibrocystic breast disease and like more than half the women have these problems we're talking about hundreds of millions and if you think about bra, this issue is worldwide, you know, I mean, my book is in Chinese and I mean, I don't know how many, it's in a lot of languages now, uh, Czech and a whole bunch of places where they care about these things. There must be a billion women wearing a bra, wearing bras in the world. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. That's why this is being resisted so much. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's attacking an industry. So how many of those women are suffering? So when I had a conversation with the American Cancer Society about this, talking with their director, I, wrote, I mentioned this in, in Dress to Kill. How his attitude was like, you know, we're not going to do that. We don't want to take the wrath of the culture. They're not there to make, to, to so solve the culture. They're there to make cancer easier for people to deal with. They'll mm -hmm. give you a wig. They even sell bras MS, and, and breast, um, fake, breasts. Uh, mm -hmm. fake breasts. Yes. Mm -hmm. They sell those things. So the purpose of the American Prosthetic. Cancer Society, prosthetics, thank you, mm -hmm. is to, um, is to sort of not make cancer um, something that makes people ostracized. And it's to, to help it feel more normalized, to make it not such a bad thing for everybody. And part of that is coming up with a cure, but a lot of it is just support systems and, mm -hmm. and making it so you easy to look. Yeah, oh yeah. It's and an make industry. it look normal and normalizing people. The problem is, th think of the irony that you get breast cancer and then they give you a bra to wear prosthetic breasts in. And, you know, it's just sick. I can't deal with that. And when I talk to these people, their level of ethics is frightening. Yeah. And the level of, of censorship yeah. is just like we've seen with COVID. Mm -hmm. You see how if you don't say what they want, they shut you and cancel you. Mm -hmm. So I've basically been canceled, but the truth uh, because alternative media doesn't people like you don't cancel me so and then people hear this and they're smart enough to say you know what i could just take my freaking bra off 
and see what happens. I don't have to go to the doctor. I don't have to listen to, to uh, anything but myself. Try it. And so many women are doing it now. It's, it's totally, and if a man says anything in today's day and age, he's in trouble. So men aren't going to shame you for anything. You'll feel so comfortable. You'll never go back. I think women who get off the, take off, would you go back? To wearing a bra? Well, no, I mean, there's just no way. And I want to get into that. But I just want to reiterate yeah. that, um, I mean, let's just think about this logically. I mean, okay, you put pressure on an area of your body that's supposed to move freely, drain, uh, bring toxins, out, send toxins out, bring nutrition in, and you restrict it, you prevent it from doing its job. How healthy is that area of your body going to be? I mean, you that's tell right. me if that's illogical or logical. I mean, you don't need a fifth grader can understand that. I don't need a yes. medical doctor who's a PhD and this and that and working for the whomever. You know, it's like just, and you can't argue with results like we were saying earlier. And let's talk about that. I want to talk about my experience as we get toward the end here because we have to really address the issue of the psychology and culture, Sid, because oh, yes. I was very surprised to hear you say right now that it's becoming more normalized because I have to admit in my world, it's not. And maybe I'm going to I'm going to take a guess from most of my audience. This is news, too. And they're going to say, what are you talking about? You want me to go outside without a bra? Um, I'll just give you a quick, quick little uh, personal antidote. Unfortunately, my my dog got uh, emergency this past week and uh, very early in the morning. I was in my pajamas. Long story short, she's OK now. But I had to rush her to the emergency room. I was in my pajamas. I was in my 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 slippers pajamas no bra everybody okay you know hair mess whatever i was embarrassed because i had a flimsy little tank top on i mean i look you know god only knows but it was emergency so be it what it may it i don't know about hollywood but in my neck of the woods and i and like you said i have been going bra free now i will say i don't go bra free 100 percent of the time because like a lot of women i wear an exercise bra for that half an hour a few times a week if I'm, you know, jumping jacks, whatever, jogging, you know, but I don't even like doing that. I, I can't take that thing off fast enough. Do you and wear maybe, it just, just for the exercise? Or oh, do you yes. Wear it? Only like, okay, everybody right now, if you're watching on YouTube, I do not have a bra on right now. Okay. So, and, and I love your book, Sid, even has a whole section. Maybe your, your wife wrote it on dressing uh, recommendations, page 138 fashion note on on hints and suggestions for how to go bra free without being embarrassed and have a professional day job so there's ways right. around it now sure breast size is going to come into play and all that but there's ways around it and testimony to my experience everybody there's just no no comparison and i think every woman listening to the show like i said in the introduction what's the first thing you do when you walk in your house if you've been at work or out all day you take off your shoes and second might be you take off your bra. I mean, come on. Yes. So what does that tell you about how, what is your body saying? Is the bra working for you? I mean, right there should be a big red flag that maybe this is something you might want to try out. Your feet are probably messed up too. If you're taking yeah. off your shoes right away and yes. we do have messed up feet Yes, from Sid, tight you got it. shoes. You got it. So Sid, let's just address the psychology because I just think you need to just speak to people. And, and you know, for that matter, everybody, if, not, if I'm not mistaken, the fashion industry is predominantly run by men. So that means men have designed the bras. So they're designing things for customers that aren't themselves. 
what does that tell you? I mean, so that was what I was going to ask you. You said, what is the purpose of a bra? One woman might say, and we have to talk about sagging, because what is the purpose of a bra? Women might think it's good for my health. It supports my breasts. It presents, prevents sagging. It's blah, blah, blah. So is any of that true? Is there any benefit to wearing a bra for our health? No. Um, and that's it. I mean, they said the same thing for corsets. When corsets were around for centuries, they were killing women. There were, there were health reformers trying to get rid of corsets. And finally, the corset was broken down into the bra and the girdle, which are basically the same thing. It's still body constriction. Corsets are still around, um, but not like they used to be. Uh, so, um, yeah, there's no purpose for a bra. Your body was not designed with a flaw that it requires 20th century lingerie to correct. It, it's not true. The thing is, the more you wear one, the more you feel dependent on it because your body is adapting to the bra. So you physically get dependent too, not just emotionally, but physically. So talk about that because what I was fascinated to learn, and I will attest to it, boys and girls, that I did not get saggier, which was my biggest concern, particularly with getting older. It's quite the opposite, everybody. Yes, that yes. your breasts actually get perkier and you get more full on the top because what happens with Sid is going to say, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm just so excited. No, no, go this ahead. Is, this is just like huge news for everybody. I mean, me at this point in my life, I, I can't even believe I'm just finding this out. It's all been a lie that bras do the opposite. They're like, they're like walking with a crutch. How strong is your leg going to be if you keep walking with a crutch? You get rid of the crutch and all of a sudden the breasts lift, they feel lighter, they're more perky and you can breathe. And we have all the other benefits that we mentioned earlier, like increased oxygen, increased energy, better menopause, better sleep, melatonin, blah, blah, blah. So please continue. Well, you're right. And um, women have said that in our study and in the, in the bra free study, when they get rid of the bra, they lift and tone. Many have said that. Totally. And Me the, too. And, and I can tell you why. There's two basic reasons why. The first is your breasts have been swollen because of poor lymphatic drainage. Yes. So the, the, the fluid is backed up in your breast. So they're heavy and become more pendulous. They, they become, hurt. they hurt. Mm -hmm. When you get rid of the bra, that fluid goes away. So the breasts actually are not swollen anymore. Mm -hmm. Then the second thing is your ligaments start to strengthen again once yes. they get used. So Cooper. after a month, the Cooper's ligaments, then once they get, they get stronger, you're really good. You read the book and everything and oh, you're yes. really on top of this subject. I'm so, oh, I'm, the, I'm thrilled to have you on the show. You're the most informed host in 30 years that I've ever had on this subject. I just, well, I want you to know you're awesome. Thank you, Sid. And I, and I, I mean what I said at the beginning, that this show is pretty much my life right now. And this is probably the, one of the most important shows I've ever done. You have the honor of being that guest, my friend, because your work oh, is thank so you. critical. Like everybody needs to know this. This is very important. So please continue. It really is. Yeah. So that, and, and when you did say something though, you use uh, you use a sports bra for what? what for uh, impact, impact exercise, like jogging. Okay, so you don't want, but you know what's interesting though. Um, I know I know that that sounds intuitively maybe correct. There was a study done by osteopaths in UK where they took exercising women and they got rid of their bras. And the women actually said that they preferred being bra free after that because your breasts weren't, it's not like they can't deal with impact. I mean, unless it's high duty impact, like, you know, I mean, do men wear jock straps anymore? When I was a kid, I don't know. we used to in high school, even in the 1960s and 70s, 
they would still routine get a jock strap for a man. And these are boys. Obviously, you don't need any of that. I don't think men wear those anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like our bodies, know, our testicles know how to deal with it. And I think your breasts do too. And the yeah. more you exercise, like women, my wife couldn't rebound um, comfortably without a bra at first when she got rid of hers. But you mean the trampoline, the, the rebounder. Yeah, like, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But then, then she would have to hold her breasts. Then it yep. gets to where you don't even want to hold your breath. Yep. You want them to flop around because that pumps them and they feel good. Yes. Yep. Um, well, don't be mistaken. The reason why I do, though, is purely social societal reasons. Because I will say when oh. I first going, yeah, I will admit. I mean, I'm just not going to lie, you know, because yeah. when I first I remember the first day, Sid, that I didn't wear a bra the next morning, I went out and took a walk. And I know I was being paranoid, of course. It was probably mostly in my mind, but I swore every guy was looking at me, like, you know, oogling me. They're looking at you anyway. They're (laughs) looking at you anyway. Yeah, but okay, let's talk about nipple phobia. Nipple phobia is a real thing because we are, women are very conscious. Men are love the nipple. Okay, so God forbid you get a little cold. So this is all real stuff. So I just want to reiterate that I will wear a bra for professional reasons because I'm also a fitness instructor. Would you say that nip, a, a nipple showing is equivalent to a man having um, a really tight crotch in his? In I, his, uh, I tight would pants? say maybe an erection, like an <clears throat> maybe an erection. erection. Yeah. Well, is that is, okay? It would be rude if a guy did that, and or maybe he's just well endowed, but he has tight pants, and you could see obviously what's yeah. there. If that's the case, is that rude if he's not bringing attention to it? Should we force him to wear? saggy pants or maybe some sort of a cup over it so we don't yeah. see the contours and know whether he's circumcised or not i mean maybe it, in other words there's a real big double standard here yeah. women are put on the defensive and i don't think you know maybe it's the culture i think progressive culture in america which is more hollywood culture that's all gender confused right now and all into mm-hmm. that they are embracing bra freedom because they are challenging every institution that's been out there and that includes the bra is really tied to women's subordination and yeah. making them uncomfortable and the Barbie image. And, and it's mm-hmm. just a trip on women. And I think today women are saying no to that, especially the younger generation. I think older, more conservative women are still brainwashed by what they were given and it's uncomfortable for them. But I think you're in a society now where if you did take the ch- take that plunge and not worry if a guy sees your nipple, um, if he reacted to that, that's that's on him. And I think that's what women have to do. I think you need to demand the equality that you deserve by if anybody gives you anything like that, a sexist response, that is unjustifiable in today's world. It is completely politically incorrect by everybody to be like whistling at women and harassing them like sexist men used to do. I mean, they've lost their jobs. They didn't cancel for stuff like that. I think you could take take that societal ride that wave and if women did that it would desensitize everyone to nipples it wouldn't be a big deal anymore and the nipple back take (laughs) that's why there's that group free the nipple you know about free the nipple free the nipple i sure do it is it is a group i mean in fact but it's um, a real thing sid because i'll tell you going going around without a brush especially if you've got something up there you know you're a little bit in doubt but so well, is cancer. Right. And so well, is all of this. I was just going to say that there there is a double take of like you're kind of like a loosey goosey, you know, like you're, you know, I mean, there just is because it's it's not conventional yet. Well, that's, that's but we can be part. Of, we sick. could be we can be part of the change. And yes, you, to your point, that's why our culture is sick. So, but I also like 
how, you know, you give really realistic suggestions that maybe women, this is very okay. new to a lot of the I'll, audience. I'll, so training I'll wheels, a, a bralette. Okay. okay. Those, they've yes. got all these lovely little new bras now that are uh, really light camisole type things. I'm a big fan of them. There's certain yes. clothes I wear and it's, I mean, Sid, would you say that's like not wearing a bra because there's no strap, there's no binding, there's no restriction. It's just well, a layer. Yes. No problem with that. The that's only okay. problem would be your, well, your nipple is being pushed and uh, you know, nipples are oh. compressed and they, they don't want to be compressed. So okay. there could be some nipple discomfort. I, ideally you wouldn't do that, but it's okay. a hell of a lot better than a push-up bra. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, if what is it? it's, yeah. it's a matter of degrees, it's a matter yeah. of degrees. So, so maybe if, baby if steps. Any, well, if anything you wear leaves marks, it's too tight. It, yeah. Anything. Oh, for sure. Belt, yeah. Belts, uh, you know, anything around your waist, anything, socks yeah. that are too tight. You don't want anything too tight. So any bra that you want to wear, if it's too tight, it's not good. It, it leaves a mark. That's how you'll know. Yes. Secondly, you don't want to wear it for very long minimize the amount of time. If you have to go to the gym, don't wear it like hours before the gym. Put it on at the gym, take it off after the gym. That's mm -hmm. what a man would do with a jock strap if he needed one. You yeah. wear it for the job, you take it off. I, I think I'm guessing, but I think jock straps probably went out of fashion when research started to show the tight underwear was causing infertility in men. So men don't put up with stuff like that. If they know it's causing a problem, they get rid of it. Women put up with it because they're trained to put up with things and not <laughs> to fight. So that's why I've been fighting for women all these years. I want women to stand Thank up. Thank you, Sid. Thank you. you. But you have to stand up. You should be, I mean, if you were really to explore the emotions behind what should happen here, in my opinion, we have a medical system that is suppressing what I am telling you, which is benign. I am not telling you to take a drug. I'm not telling you to take anything. I'm telling you to just don't wear a foundation garment for one month. And you will know the difference in your life. You'll feel it over the weekend. Yes. But you'll know it. One month. Give yourself one menstrual cycle. I'm an example. And you'll see. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and did, you know, menstrual cycles, women have told us in that study as well, that they, their cramps, they don't feel the same breast, their breast uh, tenderness before their menstrual cycle actually goes down to where they don't know their period's coming. They used to say, oh, I knew my period's coming because my breast gets sore. Well, yep. the reason they get sore is because you're wearing a bra and when your period is coming and your estrogen surges, you end up, estrogen makes you retain fluid. That's one of the reasons people are probably overweight too. We get a lot of estrogen in our meat and dairy yeah. and that makes you retain water. And I think what, what really is, is a monthly flush that women go through. The estrogen comes in, your body and tissues soak up the water and then they, the toxins get out of your tissues, get concentrated in the uterine lining I wrote about this in my book, Get It Out. In the uterine lining, which is very, uh, it's like a sponge for nutrients and everything, and then gets sloughed off with, with the menstrual flow. So in a way, it's a monthly cleansing. And parenthetically, when women stop doing that with menopause, they start breaking out in spontaneous sweats and get hot flashes because they just lost a method of elimination. And if they take, so I did a study on that, and if they take sweats, uh, like go to a sweat bath, a steam room, and you yep. do that, at your own convenience, you won't have hot flashes because you got out what you needed to. It's or an elimination sauna. need. Yeah, sauna. anything. And, and exercise, sweat. sweating, sweating. This is well, good exercise, for detox. Exercise, yes, but exercise will increase your need for sweating on its own and increase the toxic load because you're dealing with metabolic waste products from exercise. So you really want a sweat that's just therapeutic. 
not on top of exercise. Uh -huh. Like uh -huh. take a hot bath or a hot, if heat is okay for you, make sure that's okay for you. Cause some people have blood pressure or other issues that they might not want to get overheated. But if it's okay for you to sweat, then if you do sweat, you can eliminate those toxins and get rid of menopausal hot flashes. And I found that even they even do that with AIDS patients, hyperthermia treatment gets rid of toxins. Just basically hyperthermia treatment to get rid of your hot flashes because the hot flash is your own natural hyperthermia treatment. And if you do it artificially, you won't have to do it in the middle of the night or in the middle of something else. You got yeah. it out. So anyway, and you get to little, sleep. Yeah, that's another <laughs> culture caused disease because women don't like to sweat. Sweating is, yeah. so they wear deodorant, antiperspirant, I mean. So you're then blocking a natural elimination pathway. That's another cultural thing. It's a whole other show. That's I can't have wet, yeah, yeah, I can't have wet armpits at work. I can't stink yeah, at so work. They, so they clog the lymphatic tissue again by well, wearing any Yeah, which is a you disaster. Your I don't wear. I don't wear any perspirant. Yeah. Away. Well, imagine you do. Imagine you're a typical woman. You're wearing antiperspirant. You're dehydrated. You're at work with a tight bra you're dehydrated, on. Yeah. You're, you're wearing tight shoes. You're wearing perfumes and other things Perfume, on your skin yeah. that Synthetic are soaking clothing. in. Mm -hmm. and the tide and and the uh, bounce and all the fabric softeners in your clothes in the bra which are leaching into your skin so that's yeah. another thing we should talk about the bra components can be the carcinogenic fibers. the natural the fibers, fibers are not yes. yep mm -hmm. the they plastics. break down mm -hmm. right so that's in your right next to your skin more intimate than anything else you're wearing is that maybe a tampon which is also bad tampons cause cervical dysplasia you don't want to do them so if you're going to have um, a bra that's against your skin and you're sweating and this bra has toxins from the material toxins from the laundry detergents that are still in it from the perfumes from the sweat from all of that in your bra against your skin while you're sweating hot and uncomfortable and your breast isn't circulating yeah, you're so you're toxified you're heating and, you're, it up, so and yeah. heat that's another mm -hmm. thing that people think mm -hmm. might be the cause of breast cancer with bras is that it heats the breast yeah I, I didn't include that in my original theory of lymphatic constriction because i think that trumps all of them but heat is another part of it they breasts are out there in the front to be cool and they need circulation to cool them off that's why they're so certain that's why they have so much blood supply the, the the mammary the mammary arteries and veins are huge your breasts have a huge amount of blood supply and lymphatic supply because they're organs that produce a huge amount of milk on demand imagine what organ needs to what an organ that does that would need would you want to constrict and tighten up and immobilize something like that or let it be free and and circulate obviously mm -hmm. So, and the catch twenty two you know, is that's why cancer, breast cancer, is such an issue. Yes, because of that mechanism. And because and 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 because of the cultural mechanism that you're talking about. Yes, which is the shaming. The if it wasn't for the shaming, this would be done overnight. We thought sure. when we came up when for we came sure. up with this, we thought, oh, this is the end of the bra. No, we got attacked by the bra industry, and more than that, we got attacked by the medical industry. The medical industry is more defensive because they have more to lose. They have billions every year they're making on all of the, the treatment and detection. It's a huge industry. The mammography machines. Yeah. I was going to be on Dateline once and they in the beginning and they canceled it when they found out that this wasn't a joke because GE owns NBC that did Dateline and GE makes mammography machines. And I was told by the pup, the producer, that she couldn't do the segment because they have a rule that they can't do anything that might interfere with GE's business. So they won't Every industry does the same thing. They're not going to bite the hand that feeds it. That's right. Mm -hmm. So as a result, uh, they didn't get that story. And that that was the, the, the nature of this whole thing. It was 
industry protectionism, fear of class action lawsuits like cigarettes. Look what happened to the tobacco industry. They got sued. The bra industry is going to get sued when this is out. So you know how you stop the lawsuits is you pay industry to the, the, the industry pays the medical industry to do a study that casts doubt on the results. Then there's no longer in quotes consensus. If there's no longer medical consensus, then there's no warnings. Nothing could be issued like that. The government can't do anything because there's not medical consensus. So the way the government prevents warning labels on all sorts of things, like why doesn't sugar have a warning label? Why doesn't, you know, the things that we know were, are can kill you. Cell sugar phones. is bad stuff. Yes, that was the big one on cell phones, by the way. There was a big legal case on cell phones. Yep. There was in California, they wanted a warning label, but the industry didn't want one, obviously. And, and as soon as there were other studies that said, maybe it doesn't cause cancer, it's like, okay, consensus is gone, no warning label. So wow. the industry, their tech tactic, is to pay and i've discovered that one of the places and this is my guess this is my opinion i think fred hutchison cancer research center in seattle is the place you go to when you're an industry person wanting a study that supports your product just like if you did something bad you know what kind of lawyer to go to uh that will get you out of a problem you go to a good defense attorney that'll get you out they go to this place because the you know this you remember you heard about um, underarm uh, antiperspirants causing breast cancer. People worried about antiperspirants. And Alzheimer's aluminum in with them. Alzheimer's with right. The aluminum. The, right. Well, you go to they they did a study on this with the antiperspirants and breast cancer mm -hmm. at Fred Hutchison. They found no link at all. So then that story went out and it killed anybody talking about that because the authorities said no. And even though there were studies that said yes, this new study said no cast doubt on the subject and therefore nobody wants to cover it in the media because now it's like controversial or you know it's they're not comfortable it's got to be all or nothing so with my with our research bras and breast cancer fred hutchison was given a grant by the national cancer institute which has been denying the link ever since we came out with it but years mm -hmm. later they had to deal with it because women were getting rid of their bras and feeling better and i was getting i was doing a lot of outreach and there were other studies that were starting to be done and they were realizing that they needed to nip this in the butt because it was getting too popular so they um did this study and it didn't and, and it was of of women who were all over they were all over 55 they were postmenopausal, so no younger women and they uh so that was a selection bias because if, if bras cause breast cancer a lot of younger women are going to die before they get older and so they're selecting a group like I can find 90 year olds who smoke and drink and they'll they'll look like smoking and drinking isn't a problem because you'll find some people who survive. It's called a survivor bias. The other thing is they didn't include any bra free women in their group. They said we couldn't find any. So that means there was no control group to compare. So there's useless study, useless study. But it was then announced around the world. They actually Fred Hutchinson called me before they published because they wanted to know how I was going to deal with it. They wanted mm -hmm. to be able to spin it to my reaction because they thought the media would contact me with this because I was the basic proponent that they were fighting against. Mm -hmm. So um, I told them, well, you know, they were basing their stuff on, on, a, on a Harvard study in 1991 that found bra-free women had a lower rate of breast cancer, but that was only in premenopausal women in that study, not postmenopausal. They couldn't find the effect there. So here they studied the postmenopausal to try to reinforce no effect. So it was a, they, they wanted to say there was no issue here. Hope I'm not getting in too much detail, but the, the bottom line is you can't trust 
the medical industry because they work for industry to then give them justification for their products and keep them from class action lawsuits and from being banned as long as you can get studies that go on the other side and researchers will tell you whatever results you pay for i mean they you will know, and, and what it comes down to for people is basically like the medical industry is a customer of the corporate industry it's fascism you know yes their their yes. boss their boss is a corporation their boss is not you the customer they work for these other companies and that's what people don't understand you just have to follow the paycheck and like i said earlier they don't, it's like the media the media they don't bite the hand that feeds it if their advertisers are paying for the airtime and paying yes. their salary they're not going to say any story or run any promotion of anything that goes against that otherwise they'd be fired it's all self-preservation and cowardness and lack of morals yes and you look at the government and who do they go to for when they need an emergency on medicine they're not medical people they go to the industry when we yeah. have any problem the government goes to the industry so yeah. we saw what happens when you give the industry unfettered checks i mean not unfettered and, and unfettered you can't access be sued to our and they can't like be the sued the vaccines they can't be sued yep and, they have and, no, and no liability that, and now pfizer has you know how many billions and power you're going to see vaccines for for hangnails i mean it's mm -hmm. going to be everything because they have so much power now. Yeah. We've, but that's where the government goes. So you can't trust the government. So when the CDC or the World Health Organization, these aren't independent. No. They're working with the pharmaceutical industries. They're working because those are their tools. They, yeah. they're, that's the, uh, the armaments. That's mm -hmm. the customer. Yep. When we go to war, what do we do? We go to the armament industry. When we go to war yeah. with medical, we go to the medical industry, which is a drug industry. So they define it. They control it. And bras and brands can't, uh, bras aren't a, a product they sell. So why do they want this answer? It yeah. gets rid of their products. And that's what I love about your work, Sid, you know, because this is about really just power to the people, you know, and like, I love your point that you said, which I think is a good place to close that we have to reiterate is that what you're saying is, is it's benign. Like you're not saying take this pill, drink this herb, do do this exercise. You're not saying any of that. You're saying take away a garment and see how you feel and see, just feel your body and let the result. Can you breathe better? Are you sleeping better? Do you feel freer? Do you feel more relaxed? Like you said, you can't separate yes. physical from emotional. When your body's tight and you feel like you need to stretch, do yoga, get a massage, that's like your brain can't relax. You know, it goes together. Yes. So Everybody, dress to kill the link between breast cancer and bras. Here it is here. You're on the YouTube channel, Awakening Aphrodite, Fit Amy TV. Check out the book. Get the book. It speaks for itself. Plus, it has that section on tips for wearing, for not wearing a bra and how you can go about and feel like you can hold your head up high in society and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we need to... We need to walk the talk and be brave. And if you want to see me without a bra, here I am right here on my channel, like usual. Um, and I'm working my way towards 100% bra free, Sid. Soon enough, I will be there. Um, but I'm sure damn close because I probably wear a bra. Well, let's see, 30 times, maybe four. I don't do high impact exercise every day. So maybe so maybe an a, a, a average, a total of two hours a day because maybe four 30-minute workouts of high impact. And that I doesn't sound like a problem. Yeah, that's what that I'm saying. I like certainly problem. never yoga, mobility, and any you, of that you know, stuff. Breast, no. breast massage is great too. Breast massage is a great way to relieve the congestion. And if your breasts hurt when you yeah. touch them, yeah. that's that, work flag. it out. 
Yeah, red look it out. Yeah, that don't run attention. to the doctor though. Don't run yeah. to the doctor necessarily. Yeah, that's not and the a mammogram, thing. which is so ironic. A mammogram squishes them like more compaction Great. and shoots them and shoots them with X-rays, which yeah. are carcinogens. So yes, and it's cumulative yes. X radiation damage. But anyway, yeah. First things first is get to know your breasts, massage them, feel them, do a breast exam in the context of a breast massage. Okay. And if there's anything tight there, it could just be constrict con compression. Um, the the uh, well, I could speak from my wife's history because I know that most intimately. I mean, when she got rid of her bra, and she's a large-breasted woman, and when she got rid of her bra, she felt like areas that were where the where the underwire part would compress on the bottom of your breast yep, underneath, yep. very tight, just really tight. Mm -hmm. And I would work on that massaging-wise, just loosening up the connective tissue nice. because it's been compressed. So imagine a sponge that has been squeezed because you put like a band on it and you mm -hmm. clamped it down and you take the clamp off after years, that area of the sponge is still gonna be constricted and compressed. Yeah. You're gonna have mm -hmm. to massage it out and get it looser. And with movement and exercise, Breathing. you'll discover it'll feel better and better and better and it'll regain its health. And that's the only way to regain your health is to get circulation back. You have 100%. to circulate. And don't forget, not wearing a bra doesn't cause sagging. It's the other way around. I just yes. want to reiterate that. Not wearing a bra promotes perky, full, healthy, moving, beautiful breasts. Like it's such, it's a total game changer. It is. And uh, I've known women who've told me like in their 80s that their yep. breasts, in fact, Pat Bragg, you know, Pat Bragg with Bragaminos and all, you know. Oh, of course. Bragaminos. Sure. Everybody yeah, knows yeah. Bragaminos. Right. Well, I, I know Pat Bragg and cool. she she contacted me because um, her dad from years ago told her never wear a bra Excellent. and she's never worn a bra. Wow. And she's now in her 80s. There's a control she, group. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's why we. OK. And, and she says her breasts are like the envy of every woman. But in any event, cool. what I suggest, if you want to try this and have some support, no pun intended, what I suggest <laughs> you do is go join our study. It's free. Yes. Yes. And it's brafreestudy.org. Yeah. And all we'll do is we'll give you some support. We'll give you some information. And then you just, we'll ask you some basic questions. You tell us just little forms to fill out. And we give you information on how to dress and advice. And, and it's not an automatic thing. We actually have people helping people and yep. talk, you know, uh, over the, you know, so it's very personalized yep. because our goal is to eliminate this obviously easy way, uh, eliminate this obvious cause of breast disease and liberate women. And if, if uh, you can't rely on the industry to do that to you, the industry makes money when you're sick and makes money when you're insecure. And that's bras in a nutshell. So we have to just get rid of the insecurity, take control over our lives, take control over your body and your sexuality and your, your, your breasts, which are such an important part of who you are. You own them. Nobody else does. You have to take, and when you take that ownership, it, women have told me it's changed their lives in many ways. It's such a symbolic thing. When yes. you free your breasts, you free a lot because there's so much holding that bra on, so much insecurity. So the breasts mean a lot to women. There have been women who've done things on just breasts and how, what it means to women and when they lose them to cancer and the whole thing. I mean, it's incredible. And if you can prevent that by simply being natural, if anybody gets in the way of that, they're idiots. You don't even have to pay attention to them. It's your life. And it's totally socially inappropriate for them to even say anything. So I don't think any women are going to get any flack anymore. 
not in the United States and, and, and other, other cultures that are liberated. Uh, there's some places that are still, you know, uh, you can't, women can't show their face. So, you know, this is maybe the last vestige of, of uh, bondage of women that we can eliminate so they can be free and truly equitable with men. Sydney, Ross Singer, this has been incredible. Again, one of the most important shows of Awakening Aphrodite. How can people find you? How can they join the bra study? How can they get your book? Where do you want to direct the audience? Well, I'd like them. There's two websites. I told you brafreestudy.org mm -hmm. and brasandbreastcancer.org, which will give you more information, references and stuff. And you can contact me off of those. But um, the, and Dress to Kill is on Amazon and, and all the bookstores. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a great it, name. Thank you. It's an, it's an easy read, everybody. And if you're not sure and you want the research, which has been verified by multiple sources and Sydney even mentioned multiple countries doing yes. multiple scientific research studies, this is not just some flash in the pan, one guy who tested a couple people in a Petri dish. This is like the real deal. And you can't argue with trying it yourself. And if it doesn't work, Nothing, nothing lost, right? But maybe right, it will. Exactly. And at the very least, you're going to breathe better. You're going to feel better. Uh, you'll feel more free and maybe get a little wild and crazy. Who knows? Have a little fun. <laughs> but uh, Sid, this has been incredible. Everybody, that'll also be in the show notes in case you're driving or whatever. And, you know, you can't write all that down. And uh, check me out on Instagram, FitAmyTV. I'll be posting stuff about my bra-free life as well as uh, stuff with Sid's book promoting the show, of course. And you know what? This is such an important show, everyone. Thank you for sharing it with women you love. Yes. Let's start a revolution. Free the nipple. Free yes. ourselves. Be empowered. Be healthy. And um, just promote people that are brave like Sid and his team that are doing this important work in spite of being attacked and persecuted and all that stuff. So bravo to you, Sid. Thank you, Amy, and bravo to you. And and um, I really appreciate you you helping women with this, and um, um, and your clarity and your knowledge on this, and your passion. And that's the way we win. That's the way yeah. people can fight back against all the powers yeah. that seem overwhelming. But you know, this yeah. is this is how you do it. Yes, it, with it, your own true. body, yeah. one body at your body. And one, and one voice at a time. You know, I, yes. I, what drives me nuts when people say, well, it's just me. You know what? If everyone said that, every, just me, well, I'm, I'm doing my little bit with my show. People can share the show. Sid, you're doing your bit. Register for the study. Be another statistic of a success to increase the numbers. I've looked at these thousands of women that are reporting, self-reported of, of proof that I feel better. I am not getting breast yes. disease, uh, breast cancer. I mean, your research showing that going bra-free gives women the same equivalent of a risk of getting cancer as that of a man. I mean, yes. hello? I mean, I'm, that's worth a try. I don't know about you, but that's worth a try, right? So, yes. so anyway, Sid, thank you again, everybody. Thank you for listening, watching, sharing. And um, we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier, and I already can't wait to be with you again 
and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at FitAmyTV, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also FitAmyTV. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.